Beethoven Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 76 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. I think the Raycon of singers were exactly what Ray Ham had in mind for the sound when he invented the Music of Your Life radio format in the 1970s. Soft, luxurious arrangements of popular hits. So, get ready to hear plenty of chart-topping movie music from a chart-topping group in Volume 76, My Song. singers with This Is My Song, originally performed by Petula Clark in 1966 and written by Charlie Chaplin. 
put a bookmark in that. I'm going to come back to that interesting little note later. Okay, why this album? Well, my dad has eight Ray Conniff albums in his collection. He and my mom obviously loved this kind of music. Great renditions of songs that had a previous life from other artists, or as the case in several of the songs from this record in a movie or Broadway show. And Ray really arranged them to have a little more pep than the originals. Not to mention that several of the songs I'll be playing on this episode have some special memories. Oh, I guess I just mentioned it. <laughs> Here's one of them. Willow Tree Smile, MAME, written by Jerry Herman for the musical of the same name, with its first live performance by Charles Broswell on March 27, 1966. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Ray Conniff and the Singers. This is my song and other great 
hits. It's on the Columbia label CS9476. It's a vinyl LP stereo format reissue. It was released in 1970. Its genre is jazz and its style is easy listening. We will play six of the 11 songs from this album. Now, very short liner notes, so I will read all of them. Join the renowned Ray Conniff and the singers in their fresh, new, and exciting collection of today's big hits. Ray's arrangements are as zestful and contemporary as the songs themselves. And of course, the singers exhibiting all of their accustomed versatility match Ray and the songs mood for mood. Ray Conniff wants you to accept This Is My Song as your album. It's an opportunity not to be missed take it. <laughs> they really wanted you to buy that record. Okay, let's take a look at the prices on Discogs.com. The highest was $3.75. The lowest was a quarter for an average of $2.02 with a median of $2 and a quarter. It was last sold on Discogs.com on December 7th, 2021. And I found copies on eBay from $3 to $5 and a copy on Amazon for $22.15. Now, my dad's record is actually in really good condition. No real hiss, no problem. M most of this album is, sounds really, really good. That warm, inviting feeling when you listen to vinyl. The cover is in mostly good condition. There is some wear along the spine, so that is going to decrease its value. Uh, so I will value my dad's album at a buck. Next up, you know, I really need to see this show. Sunset, 
Sunrise, Sunset, a song from the musical Fiddler on the Roof, written in 1964 by composer Jerry Bach and lyricist Sheldon Harnick. It was first performed and recorded by Zero Mostel, Maria Karnalova, and the chorus. It was also recorded at least 121 other times, and that's according to Secondhand Song Songs.com. Artists like Sammy Davis Jr., Stephen Eady, the Ray Charles singers, Louis Armstrong, and the list goes on. Okay, let's learn more about the arranger, conductor, Ray Conniff. If Montavani is the epitome of elevator music, Ray Conniff is the epitome of supermarket music. Like Liberace and others among these lists, Conniff made a conscious choice to stick with a formula that guaranteed commercial success, but the quality and at times the humor of his work shouldn't be disregarded. Conniff first became known as one of the best trombonists of the big band era. He played with Bunny Berrigan, Bob Crosby, Art Hodes, and Artie Shaw, and several of his solos are still cited as some of the best of the period. Having studied arranging through a correspondence course, he also contributed occasional arrangements to all three bands. After serving in the Army in World War II, which included working under composer and arranger Walter Schumann, he joined Harry James's band as an arranger, but quit and moved to Hollywood to get steadier work that would support his wife and three kids. He bumped around the studios for a few years until Mitch Miller hired him as a house arranger with Columbia in 1951. He mainly did fill-in work for other arrangers until Miller asked him to arrange a single, Band of Gold, for crooner Don Cherry. Conniff used a tightly harmonized chorus in place of a string section, and the sound was an instant hook, taking the single to number five on the top 40 and giving Cherry his biggest hit. Finally, in 1956, Columbia decided to try out Conniff as a featured performance with his first LP, Swonderful. He combined a chorus of four men and four women with, a tra with traditional big band mix of 18 instruments, including guitarist Al Koala and Tony Matola. Swonderful was one of the best-selling instrumental albums of the time, and Columbia contracted for more of the same. Conniff's formula was to substitute the women's voices for the trumpet section from a fairly standard big band arrangement and the men's voices for the sax section. At first, these were wordless vocals that backed the melody, but he quickly moved them to the front, giving them the melody and often the words. Conniff recorded with two groups, his orchestra, and chorus, and his singers. The former was a typical big band lineup of saxes, trumpets, trombones, and a rhythm section, and a chorus of four men and four women. The latter was a chorus of 25 singers, 12 women, and 13 men with minimal instrumental backing. As described in a 1962 McCall's article, in effect, these singers play their voices as though they were instruments, more like subtly fluted windwoods than singing. Now for the title track of another great musical.
is the title tune from the 1966 musical of the same name, sung by the character Sally Bowles and played by Jill Haworth. It was composed by John Kander with lyrics by Fred Ebb. Now, two notable recordings of this tune were done by Louis Armstrong, and Liza Minnelli did it in the 1972 film adaptation. Time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with one of the most famous silent actors of all time writing a hit in the 1960s. Charlie Chaplin developed a passion for music as a child and taught himself to play the piano, violin, and cello. He considered the musical accompaniment of a film to be important, and from A Woman in Paris onward, he took an increasing interest in this area. With the advent of sound technology, Chaplin began using a synchronized orchestral soundtrack composed by himself for City Lights in 1931. He thereafter composed the scores for all of his films, and from the late 1950s to his death, he scored all of his silent features and some of his short films. As Chaplin was not a trained musician, he could not read sheet music and needed the help of professional composers, such as David Raxon, Raymond Rash, and Eric James when creating his scores. Musical directors were employed to oversee the recording process, such as Alfred Newman for City Lights. Although some critics have claimed that credit for his film music should be given to the composers who worked with him, Raxon, who worked with Chaplin on Modern Times, stressed Chaplin's creative position and active participation in the composing process. This process, which could take months, would start with Chaplin describing to the composers exactly what he wanted and singing or playing tunes he had improvised on the piano. These tunes were then developed further in a close collaboration among the composers and Chaplin. According to film historian Jeffrey Vance, although he relied upon associates to arrange varied and complex instrumentation, the musical imperative is his, and not a note in a Chaplin musical score was placed there without his assent. Chaplin's compositions produced three popular songs, Smile, composed originally for Modern Times in 1936, and later set to lyrics by John Turner and Jeffrey Parsons, was a hit for Nat King Cole in 1954. For Limelight, Chaplin composed Terry's Theme, which was popularized by Jerry Young as Eternally in 1952. Finally, the title track of this album, This Is My Song, performed by Petula Clark for A Countess from Hong Kong in 1967, and it reached number one on the UK and other European charts. Chaplin also received his only competitive Oscar for his composition work as the Limelight theme theme won an Academy Award for Best Original Score in 1973 following the film's re-release. What an ultra-talented individual. But we already knew that. And now for the title track of a movie that got to me every time I watched it.
cry at the end of that movie born free written by john barry and lyrics by don black it was written for the 1966 film of the same name and won an academy award for best original song british singer matt monroe was the first to record the song for the film's soundtrack this was another tune recorded by many artists with the most popular version coming from Andy Williams. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I mentioned in the opener how I thought this music was tailor-made for the Music of Your Life radio format. That was the format I played at the first radio station I worked at. The music came on large reel-to-reel tapes, and we usually had three of them strung up on the, the studio tape decks. Now, you were supposed to play a song from one, then a song from another, but Every once in a while, a sleepy overnight DJ just might let one of those tapes run for a few songs before starting the next one. But uh, Statue of Limitations is up on that. (laughs) But this album reminded me of those first two years of my radio career, especially this last tune.
Georgie Girl is a song from an Australian pop folk music group, The Seekers. It was used as the title song for the 1966 film of the same name. Tom Springfield composed the music and Jim Dale supplied the lyrics. And there you have selections from Ray Conniff and The Singers. So thanks for tuning in to Volume 76, My Song However You Did. If you want more information about this show, head over to SpinningMyDad'sVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 77, Trumpets for Father's Day. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.